This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. China reveals exascale plans. And Green 500 merges with Top 500. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening into another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research. I'm Addison Snell, joined again by Michael Feldman. And This Week in HPC is distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. Michael, This Week in HPC, we were just talking last week in HPC about the different countries' exascale initiatives. And I was lamenting, as usual, that we didn't have a lot of details about China but this week in HPC, thanks to a uh, revealing article by Tiffany Trader in HPC Wire, these plans that China has just got a lot more concrete. Yeah, it seems like at this uh, there was a workshop in China. It was called the 12th uh, HPC Connections Workshop. And uh, one of the presenters there, Professor Chen, acknowledged that, uh, yes, they, indeed, they are moving forward with uh, not just the exascale plans, but actually with uh, – 100 petaflop systems that, that might end up uh, coming out in just a couple months, and we might see this on the new top 500 list. But, yeah, uh, in fact, maybe we should first talk about those those systems because we're going to see those, if not uh, in June, it sounds like very soon. Yeah, well, right. There, there's exascale plans and there's pre-exascale plans. And the pre-exascale plans, they're talking about 200 petaflop supercomputers. One, an upgrade to the existing Tianhe two, uh, supercomputer, uh, the Tianhe 2 supercomputer. Now that, the upgrade had been on hold due to the export blocks on Intel processors going into these Chinese supercomputing centers. But it now looks like with a combination of the processors they already have, and some new um, uh, Chinese uh, microprocessors and accelerators being added to the system. They're targeting 100 petaflops on that. The other is a Sunway system made entirely from uh, from in-country Chinese technology, also targeting 100 petaflops, and the implication being that they're going to uh, give more specifics on these systems at the ISC conference in June with the uh, possibility that the be deploying both by the end of this calendar year. Yeah, in fact, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see at least one of these systems on the on the next list coming up because, like you said, the, there's got to have a specific uh, presentation about the new the new Sunway system uh, slotted in there at, at ISC. Um, the right, everyone now looking at this slated talk called the new Sunway supercomputer system at Wuxi. That presentation uh, going to be given by Dr. Yang, and uh, it's it's on Tuesday at ISC. The Dr. Uh, Guangwen Yang is going to give that presentation, so that, that might be one of the hotter presentations that we'll get in Frankfurt. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there'll be a lot of interest there, especially if it if it ends up somewhere. Uh, well, if it's a hundred petaflop system, whether it's peak or or limpack, it's almost certainly going to be at the top of the list, even beating out the uh, the old. Tianha two uh, uh, metric that's that's currently up there. Now, if Tianha two gets upgraded as well, uh, one or the other of these will probably be at the top of the list. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of interest in any new systems that are going to get into the triple digits. Um, but uh, it's I think the Sunway system is going to be particularly interesting because that's going to be a a brand new system. And they've got an old blue light Sunway system. They were actually using the old versions of or the maybe the current versions of the Shenwei chips that are going to be in the, the newer system as well. So that's in a, in a sense that's just an evolution of 
of that. But uh, it looks like sort of an exciting time for Chinese supercomputing, if not in June, at least before the end of the year. Now, a lot of these details are courtesy of a presentation at that 12th HPC Connections workshop covered by Tiffany Trader, in particular a, a presentation by a professor from Beihong University, uh, Professor De Pai Xiang, and, uh, and Professor um, uh, Xi'an gave a lot of uh, a lot of the the details of these plans that was amplified by another professor, Professor Chuin, who uh, was quoted as saying the development of the new Feitung processor in China is underway, and they're waiting for that processor to upgrade the Tianhe two system. Right. In fact, uh, during the presentation, I guess there was some uncertainty about the readiness of that processor. They basically developed this this accelerator processor, I guess, um, from, from scratch. It's not the, the, the Shenwei chip, which has got an older lineage. Um, so they're sort of scrambling, I think, to get that finished and integrated into the, the upgraded Tianhe 2. So we'll have to see how that, that pans out. But now it looks like they've, they've basically taken a lot of money, certainly some of the money they would have spent with, with Intel for their ninth landing chips that they now can't have, and diverted it all into you know their homegrown uh, R&D for these new processors, which is probably not the intention of that export block, but that's what uh, that's what transpired. Right, the export block essentially had the effect of accelerating the timeline of these uh, native Chinese technologies. They'll be bringing them to market faster. Now, you know, Michael, as well as anybody, that I've been openly skeptical of what the current Chinese government's appetite was for accelerating demand for uh, new greater levels of supercomputing. I wasn't convinced that they were on the same aggressive path toward exascale as some of the other uh, countries that we've talked about, uh, Japan, the United States, France, uh, particularly Japan. Right. Now this has them right back on that path and using Chinese technologies in order to get there. Um, you know, I was surprised by this. I, I was surprised at how, not that it exists, but at how aggressive it is. Yeah, I mean, I was a little less surprised because they they tend to just put out this information sort of in as sort of part of these five-year plans. So you don't quite know what they're doing until they, they they spill it all out. I mean, the second part of the story is is the long-term interesting part of it. They as part of their 13th five-year plan, that'll that'll envelope the uh, the exascale system. And now they're looking to put that system out uh, in the field by the end of 2020, which now will sort of coincide with the, the Japanese exascale system. Although we should note that the system they're planning is an exaflops peak system by 2020, not necessarily a limpack system. So not officially an exascale system, but something certainly in that in that general vicinity. Right. A lot to talk about here. Let's start with that 2020 date. Uh, I don't think, even if you gave it credit for being an exascale or even an exaflop system, uh, you know, 2020, I'm not convinced is going to be the first. I think Japan is still going to get in there uh, ahead of that. Now, I don't know that for sure, uh, but uh, but it's certainly you know, among world class, and it's farther ahead than where the U.S. is right. on their own initiatives. Right. That's that's three years down the road. So even if they had a uh, a peak exaflop in 2020, certainly they'd have something much beyond that 
certainly before the end of that three years. So yeah. it looks Presumably like... Presumably they'd have that opportunity, right, to, to upgrade it within the next three years after deployment. So exactly. 2020 uh, is is uh, is certainly an aggressive timeline. Now to your point about is this an exaflop, is it exascale? I, I think this is the kind of system like we had with Tianhe where there are going to be critics who are pointing at it and saying it's not really capable of doing all that it says, particularly if it has... Um, a new type of accelerator or processor that doesn't have a complete software ecosystem or application ecosystem around it. This this system could be set up to have the same sort of efficiency problems that, that have plagued uh, the early Tianhe system, right? Right. And speaking of efficiency, they're, they're not aiming for a 20 megawatt uh, exaflop system in that time frame. They think their goal is now at 35 megawatts for that first system, 30 gigaflops per watt energy efficiency. Um, but, the, but the interconnect's going to be very fast at 500 gigabits per second, and the other component tree will will be uh, comparably performant. But, uh, yeah, they they were actually very forthcoming about a lot of the details, and if you sort of read the article and some of the pointers, uh, there's a lot of information there that they, they decided to reveal all of a sudden, and it looks like these plans are are pretty much set, and they're just going to put out the uh, the contracts. I think they they mentioned in February they'll, or actually this past February they they set out what was basically the RFP, and they're going to collect uh, the the data and uh, decide on who gets the work. This is particularly noteworthy as just this week I was at the NCSA uh, uh, private sector partnership meeting. Uh, that uh, gets run by Merle Giles, some other people there. There's great end-user content meeting, a lot of industrial end-users who sign up through that program talking about their work. Uh, I got to give a presentation of uh, our own research update together with the United States Council on Competitiveness. People will remember that uh, we were involved with the SOLVE report published by the council in October of 2014, so that's about 18 months ago. There, That prompted some follow-up studies in working groups that were uh, part of the High Performance Computing Advisory Committee under the council to look at the issues in the United States for industrial uh, HPC scalability with regards to the main issues outlined in the SOLVE report, uh, the software issues, uh, software scalability, access to federally funded HPC systems, the skills gap that exists in U.S. industry. And uh, we unveiled some of the research that's going into a follow-up report coming out soon from the council, but begged the question in terms of these exascale plans that are put forward by the U.S. government in terms of protecting U.S. leadership, that starts sounding funny to me in this context because I'm not sure how much U.S. leadership, <laughs> how much it really looks like U.S. leadership currently with regards to the path toward exascale. Yeah, I mean, certainly the timeline is, isn't going to be a leadership timeline, but uh, maybe they're going for... For quality, I mean, the, I think they're much further along the software path than than anyone else, actually. And and but I agree with that, and that's the number one uh, factor in gating factor for scalability. As much as people talk about power consumption, I'm far more concerned about the software ecosystem in all of this. And and if you put up the top U.S. systems against the top other countries' systems. I think the American systems now at the top of the range of supercomputing are very efficient from a software capability standpoint. But if you're three years behind on when you get to an exaflop, 
I think the optics of that just aren't good, regardless of how good your software ecosystem is. Right, especially from the 50,000-foot level of uh, policymakers that, that don't know the, the low-level details. It, it's going to be somewhat of a shock. And, it, right. and it's not like, like in order to catch up on software, we're going to fall three years behind on hardware. Right. That's now a tough sell. And it's not like the Chinese are ignoring software. Part of this exascale effort certainly addresses the software ecosystem. They also address the other challenges like HPC talent and, and other areas of, of exascale, the, the power efficiency as well. So they're putting a lot of money into the same challenges that you know the U.S., Japan, uh, Europe is 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 putting forward to to reach this X scale level. It's just uh, we're not sure of the the actual you know, monetary numbers in, in doing that. But certainly their their timeline is very aggressive, and uh, right now it just looks more aggressive than anybody except save for for Japan. While we're on the topic of power efficiency, we should quickly say that the new top 500 and green 500 submissions are open for this June, and right. in particular, they've merged. They've merged. That's right. So basically, uh, come uh, June, those those two websites and those two lists will be linked. So the idea is right. Two things have happened. Now you can submit a. Uh, a system for both the the impact list for top 500 ranking and the green 500 ranking with the same submission basically through the same portal and those have been coalesced and and it's just there's just basically one way to do it now and basically now the the top 500 project has taken over the uh the web portal for the green 500 in that list so they'll sort of be linked together uh those two separate they'll maintain a separate websites and separate lists but they'll be linked together now so it's, yeah, the, this is uh, fundamentally this is a good idea. Oh, I yeah. mean, you want the idea of different lists for different ways of ranking supercomputers. It doesn't rate to just have one way that you look at supercomputing prowess. But the same time, having having different lists or different submission processes, different rules uh, profligate through the industry, uh, th that's just not going to uh, it downplays one list in, in favor of another. So if we can unify them together under one common umbrella, I think that's going to help everything. Oh, it definitely does. I mean, yeah, you were getting a bit of the apples and oranges type of comparisons when you talked about the different lists, but now basically they'll they'll cross-link in the system that you see on the top 500 will have a certain value uh, on the green 500 as long as they submitted the green values, and and those will be linked up. And it, like you said, it makes sense. I mean, they were both based on the LIMPAC benchmark anyway, so this is just the logical uh, conclusion of of joining those two efforts into a single project. And uh, yeah, I mean we'll we'll see them integrated even even tighter as the as the years go ahead. But uh, good thing overall for for both uh, for both projects and for for the community as well. It'll be a streamlined submission process for everybody, and uh, the rules will be just uh, the same for for both systems now or for both uh, benchmarks. And with these submissions now open, coming back full circle, you think there's a good chance that at least one and maybe both of these new Chinese 100 petaflop systems will be on the list and, and uh, by implication at the top of the list? Yeah, I think there's better than a 50% chance just from what's being said and the fact they're talking about summer and there's that uh, you know presentation in the, in the ISC uh, schedule, so... Yeah, I think there's a there's a very good chance we'll we'll see the Chinese, you know, overcome their own number one system at least and uh and get at least one of these systems up there. 
Well, I'll tell you this. I'll be there. That'll be uh, interesting yeah. to go see. This is it's an exciting industry, Michael, and uh, and even uh, with it being literally my job to track it as closely as I can, I still get surprised sometimes. Yep, yep, and and uh, I think there's going to be a lot of other interesting stuff going on at ISC this year. It's uh, it's sort of a banner year for different technologies coming forward. I mean, we've talked about those through different podcasts, and I, I think we're going to have a lot to report about. Uh, different trends that we're going to see during that conference. All right. Well, thanks, Michael. Interesting stories as always. And thanks to you for listening in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.